0: every team, every topic, everywhere this is believe. overhead hoping that I break Won't get a fate now. Welcome back to Believe in the Miami heat. We're finally the preseason is over, baby. Listen, if y'all listened to the last episode, you know I'm not a huge fan of the preseason. Don't put a ton of stock into it just because it's a completely different game than the regular season. But the good news is, it's all over now. I mean, it's not as bad as it used to be. I think it used to be like eight games every single year. And now it's only, what was it, five? I think the Heat finished four and one. And they're looking good, man. They're looking really, really good. And because of that, I'm super excited to root for a winner. Because if y'all can see here, if you are watching on the YouTube side, of course, wearing a Miami Hurricanes hoodie, and they look absolutely trash right now. I like Tyler Van Dyke. I'm sure they are great kids. Uh, goes, wow, that is what they are. They are kids, huh? I'm not in college anymore, man. I feel old, even though I'm only 24 years old. Not to uh, <laughs> upset anybody who might be a little older here. But anyways, man, uh, we are here live on YouTube. Not live, but I'll put the video up on my YouTube channel, at Anthony DeNardo, And of course, we're still on Apple Podcasts and, App- and uh, Spotify. First episode did almost 200 downloads, so I want to thank y'all for listening to that, and hopefully you enjoyed and you're listening to this as well, because you did. If you do enjoy, feel free to leave five stars or a like, but don't do it now, because the episode just started, and this could suck, and I don't want no pity likes, so only like the video (laughs) if you do actually enjoy. But listen, we're going to keep this episode relatively short, because I'm going to try to get another one out Sunday, just giving like predictions before the season does start. But what I want to do is talk about the final two preseason games that the Miami Heat had because we did see some pretty interesting things. So the first game, of course, was against the Houston Rockets. And as I look at my notes here, the first thing I have listed is that their head coach was actually out for health and safety protocols. And the reason I thought this was noteworthy is because I thought we were done with that arc. (laughs) I thought we were done with that story. Uh, I certainly didn't think that COVID was over because, of course, I know people are still getting it. But I really didn't, or I was going to say I didn't think, but I guess the better word is to say I didn't hope, uh, or I hope that COVID wasn't going to be a part of this season because obviously it kind of derailed the last two seasons at certain points. We were out there signing guys in San Antonio just because we didn't have enough guys to play. Game got postponed. So I was really hoping COVID would not be a part of this season. Uh, And I think Bradley Beal was already out with the protocols this preseason. And now we see Steven Silas too. So just something to note as this season goes on, and we can just kind of hope that, you know, COVID is kind of, you know, the precautions are t- taken to so these guys don't have to sit out and so they don't have to miss games. So just something I wanted to note. Of course, we're all excited to see Nikola Jovic after he balled out versus the Memphis Grizzlies. And it was <laughs> it was a little iffy at first. He had a playoff P shot that hit the side of the backboard on one of his three-point attempts. But he actually ended up playing pretty well. Uh, I, think he hit a, I think he got into a lot of foul trouble early, but again, that's a young guy, so that's expected. It'd probably be weird, if anything, if he didn't get a bunch of early fouls, and I've said this before, but Jovich is a guy that he can do a lot on the court. He has a lot of skill. He's not a guy who's just a shooter, just a defender, that sort of thing, so because he can do a lot, sometimes he'll try to do too much, uh, which is a good thing. Let him get out there, let him get to run, and let him learn and I'm hoping that he can turn, I'm hoping that he gets the reps this year just to kind of learn, but I do expect him to get maybe around 50 minutes or 50 games this year, around 12 minutes a light a night, similar to what Precious Achua got in as well, but we'll get into all the players in the next pod, like I said. So the next thing I want to talk about from this game is I had to make a note about Garrison Matthews. Now, I'm not sure how many people care about Garrison Matthews, but if you're a Heat fan, which is there any Heat fans or non heat fans that are listening to this? That would make no sense, but maybe you just find this uh, so entertaining that you do enjoy. Go ahead and let me know. You could uh, tweet me on Twitter at AnthonyD underscore Heat. But anyways, assuming you are a Heat fan, saying the name Garrison Matthews probably does strike something inside you because he is a notorious Hall of Fame random scrub Heat killer. Of course, we got a ton of guys. We got the Malik Monks. We got the Wayne Ellingtons, the Terrence Ross, Evan Fourniers, and very, very quickly Garrison Matthews added himself to that list, whether it was with the Washington Wizards or Boston Celtics or San Antonio Spurs, and now he's on the Houston Rockets. Who knew? But that's not the reason why I'm bringing him up. The main reason I'm actually bringing him up is because this guy has tormented me from much longer, from before uh, he was even in the NBA, he actually went to Lipscomb University. Yes, that is a real university, Lipscomb University, which is in the Sun Conference, which also happens to be the same conference as my alma mater, Florida Gulf Coast University. Yes, sir, y'all remember FGCU from the Dunk City years back in 2013. They have a couple guys in the pros now, like Brandon Goodwin, they also got Rajon Tucker. So good, good little basketball program we got over here. I mean, not so much currently, but, you know, they're working on it. But anyways, we did have Brandon Goodwin here, who, like I said, is now in the NBA. Or at least he was. He was bouncing around. I think he was on the Cavs last year. But, you know, he started to make a name for himself, still a young guy. But when he was at FGCU, we had a very, very good team. We had him. We had Zach Johnson, a couple of other guys. And they made it all the way to the Sun conference. And if they win, they would be in the NCAA tournament for the second year in a row. But No garrison matthews whoever this guy was i had never heard of him before went on to drop like 30 probably close to 40 points in that championship game and fgcu got absolutely dominated so come to find out mine he played the washington wizards one year and i see this guy little old garrison matthews come off the bench and for him to light up the miami heat after he had already torn my heart just a year earlier when he was in college was very very sad and of course all the heat nation took to twitter to talk about this matthews guy and who is this guy but listen i knew who he was and it's because he had broke my heart once and then he did it again and again and again but that seems to be kind of over now because i'm assuming he's not really doing much in houston because i didn't even know he was on that team maybe he just got there maybe he's been there who knows either way i guarantee you this is the most garrison matthews has got talked about on any podcast in a very long time moving on with my notes here we got Jamal Kane rebounds reason being is because I actually have a bet with one of my friends that Jamal Kane would get 15 rebounds in the last two preseason games he did not because the last game which is his dress rehearsal which we'll get into next I think he had only ended up finishing with eight rebounds total and now I have to do a bet which I will not say on here but if you want to see you can search Witness Weekly on YouTube And because I do tons of content, man, I'm very versatile. So that will be on the YouTube side of things. And that will be posted probably today. If you are listening to this on Thursday, because this will be uploaded Thursday, October 14th. Anyways, we also have Duncan Robinson. Yes, the note I have here is, is, of course, about his floater, which everybody seemed to notice. He has done a very good job in his preseason pump faking on that three, taking a couple dribbles in and getting that floater up which of course we all know is the next step to expanding his game. If you're someone who's a shooter and they run out to you and they sprint to you, every player every player that's a shooter has to have in their bag either a pull-up jumper in the mid-range or a little bit of a floater. We haven't seen too much of that from Duncan Robinson in these past years. We'd see a little bit of the pump fake and drive, and he actually did uh, finish surprisingly uh, relatively well at the rim. He was pretty efficient there. But if there's a big in the paint, Duncan Robinson's not dunking on you. He doesn't have no Kyrie layup package. So if he can stop in the mid range and get that little floater up, that can help him stay in these games a little more. Especially since he obviously had a lot of last a lot of games last year where he struggled shooting from three. And again, I'll save most of my Duncan talk for the next episode of this pod. But I don't think he's gonna get a lot of minutes anyways. But what hurt us last year is the games when he would go 0-8 from three, 0-7, one of six. You know. Too many of those, you know, too many absolutely bust games. But if he ever, you know, develops that floater, if the floater is a real thing, if he ever is struggling from three, maybe that's something he can get to more and kind of help him stay in this rotation because I'm not so sure that his spot is locked in. Only have one more note for this game, this meaningless preseason game, because that, that's kind of how I look at uh, the preseason. I mean, the, the last game, because it was a dress rehearsal, told us a little bit. But I want to shout out my guy, Max struz Max Strews is absolutely one of my favorite players in this league just because of the confidence that he has out there every time he steps on the court. He's got an amazing swagger to him. He's basically, well, I was going to say he's a Duncan Robinson with confidence, but he can shoot like Duncan, but also has the confidence, which would make Duncan a much better player if he kind of did have that. But he, uh, not everybody's built that way. And that's a big reason Max Strews took that starting role. And that's a big reason he thrived in it. And that's a big reason he hit some shots in the playoffs, even though he was struggling, is because of his confidence that he has. Uh, and also his defense got a lot better too. But what I want to talk about is how Max Strews, like I said, he's my guy, but I will admit he was struggling this preseason, didn't you know shoot super efficiently. But boy, let me tell you, in this game against the Houston Rockets, that man played 12 minutes in the first half and he finished with 21 points including five three-pointers. And if y'all don't know what that means, let me tell you, it means that we got another... This is a Struce daddy alert. Let's go, baby! Yes, sir, the very first Struce daddy alert of the season. If y'all don't know what that is, now you do. Kind of my signature over here. Anytime Max Strews balls out, we got to go ahead and get y'all a Max Strews daddy alert because he's super excited, man, when he lights it up because he's not scared to shoot from anywhere, whether he's fading away or 30 feet out. He will pull, and nine times out of 10, it hits the bottom of the net. Super exciting player. Love Max Trues. Glad to see him get some confidence back in him, and we'll discuss next pod whether I think he can still be in the starting lineup because I think the potential is there, but also probably not because in their last game, which just ended as I'm recording this, Against the New Orleans Pelicans, we saw it was the real dress rehearsal. Of course, we got the starting lineup of Larry, Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, Caleb Martin, and Bam at a bio. Now, that is one of the lineups that we talked about in the previous episode and kind of the one that everybody knew was a possible uh, starting lineup for this team. The other one, of course, was slide Bam to the four and then put Omer Yurtsevin at the five. Now, we talked why I don't particularly like that. I think we all kind of saw that Omer didn't have as much development as we had hoped, at least in his minimal preseason action. Still very, very slow. Uh, And of course, that's expected at his size. But just because he's so slow on defense, he kind of does struggle a lot. So we don't know if he would have even got the starting lineup because one, now he's hurt. He is suffering from some ankle soreness, which I did read Spo said could carry into the regular season. So we'll kind of have to monitor that and keep an eye and see if he'll be ready to go. But either way, Caleb Martin balled out in his starting minutes tonight. I think he got nine points, a couple blocks, a few rebounds, played an incredible defense, especially rotational defense. And his jump shot, his jump shot looks beautiful. He's got rid of the hitch Whoever he was working with this summer, his trainer, they must have worked very, very hard because it looks absolutely smooth like butter now, and I'm super excited because he will add another dynamic to this offense that P.J. Tucker did not. Now, of course, P.J. Tucker had the corner three. He hit a few top of the keys, but for the most part, we know if it was a three, it was in the corner, which is what you need to space an offense, so I'm not saying it's a bad thing, and of course, P.J. did have that little floater that he developed, which did open up the offense too. But we all understand that Caleb Martin is a much more athletic player. And because of that, his offensive game is a little more versatile too. Because he can cut. He can attach the, to attack the lane. He can get to his spots a little bit better. So it's something that could definitely open up the offense a lot more. And obviously defensively, he's just an absolute menace. He's a complete pest. Now he can't guard one through five like PJ can. But on the guards, I think he can do just as good a job, if not better, as what PJ did. Which is great. So it's good to know that Caleb Martin played really, really well. And especially against most teams, which are probably going to play small anyways, the size might not be too big of an issue. But we'll have to see once they play some of the bigger teams. In this game, of course, they played the New Orleans Pelicans, who were missing some guys. They were missing Brandon Ingram. And I know they started Zion at the four, I guess. And Zion is not a super tall dude. uh, But obviously, he has a ton of weight. So he probably could have bullied around Caleb if he wanted to. But we didn't see too much of that. Now, I'm a big Zion Williamson fan. He did get hurt this game with some ankle soreness, or I think he he sprained his ankle or something. Uh, I don't think he'll miss any time, but it's just sad with him is because obviously his biggest concern is the injuries, and you really wanna see a guy like that stay healthy because he's a phenomenal player, seems like a really great kid, and he's a guy that coming into even Duke, I kinda had a bold prediction about him. I honestly thought that he would be one of the greatest players of all time, coming, you know, when he was recruited by Duke, just because he reminded me so much of LeBron. And in high school, people said, oh, well, look at the competition he's playing. I said, yeah, but look at his athleticism. He is easily one of the most athletic guys out there. And you can see his size. You can see his measurables. Those measurables and that athleticism, he would still be, you know, one of the biggest, fastest, strongest guys in the NBA. Maybe not fastest, but still, you know, most vertical, strongest, whatever you want to call it. And so far, when he was drafted as a rookie, he obviously missed some time. And in his sophomore year, he made the All-Star team. So, so far, I've been right. I didn't account for the injuries, which I probably should have just because being the weight that he is. But he does look a little slimmed down. So, it is a little concerning that he already had a minor injury this game. But, you know, Joel Embiid missed a ton of time his first couple years and hasn't really been too much of an issue since. And, you know, he'll be in the MVP conversation from years to come. So, I just kind of hope the same from Zion. And uh, he only played, I think, 10 minutes tonight. But he had 11 points. He played relatively well, even though uh, Caleb Martin was out there. And like I said, Caleb Martin held his own against him. The other note I got here is Duncan Robinson again. So we gave him credit a little bit earlier, but in this game, he got back to old habits. He had got like two early fouls in his first couple minutes being in And that was probably the biggest issue with Duncan is he is a shooter. So it's nice that he's getting the floater, but at the end of the day, if he hits his shots, if he makes his threes, he's gonna get minutes. You know, that's why he got paid. That's why he's on the team. You can't do that if you're always in foul trouble, especially for someone who's a shooter. The most important thing is rhythm and confidence, which he lacks. But, you know, outside of the confidence, you need rhythm. And you can't get that when you get two fouls that early, which was, some, which was a major theme last year. We saw it all the time. That's part of the reason Max Struess was able to, able to get so many minutes and turned out he turned, uh, he turned into a pretty good player. So maybe it was a little bit of a blessing in disguise. I just thought it was kind of unfortunate and a little funny that we got back to that Duncan Robinson early fouls. It's just something that he can't seem to shake. Back to uh the starting lineup, kind of, is further in the bench unit, we saw Nikola Jovich. Interesting part is though, is that he was out there with Kyle, Jimmy, Tyler, and Bam. Which made you question, hmm, is the starting lineup actually set with Caleb Martin? It's very clear Spulser threw Nikola Jovic out there with that roster because he wanted to see how you know how he would kind of fare starting with the starting lineup guys. It went great. Uh, he obviously didn't too much. I think he was into some foul trouble again, but just seeing him out there with the vets and guys who can get him the ball, he did hit a three-pointer, so he was able to space the floor well. It worked nice because usually in a, or in all the previous minutes we saw with Jovic, he was kind of you know out there with the Drew Smiths and the Jamari Bouye's, and he was the guy and he was kind of doing too much. But now that he's out there with the vets, you know, some guys that can really ball and been doing it for a long time, he looked he looked good, uh, he looked interesting. But still, Caleb Martin was awesome. I think Caleb Martin kind of solidified that starting spot today. I, do, I don't think that's no longer a question going into the season, but maybe Nikola Jovic just carved, uh, carved himself out some minutes in this rotation because I wasn't sure it was gonna be there, mostly because of his age. I mean, 19 is really, really young, man. Spobo, he won't typically go to the young guys, but I mean, we've seen cases where he'll do it. They might have to do it this year, Uh, especially since, you know, the (laughs) Deadman and Yurtz have been certainly haven't looked great, but I don't really want to get on those two guys, specifically Deadman, because a lot of people are mad at Deadman because he's been poor. But he is what he is. He's Dwayne Deadman. He played 15 minutes tonight. He's going to probably average around that for the season. He gives you energy. I don't know why people are expecting more from Deadman. Uh, than what he is. But the last note that I have from this game is they actually did call the new take foul charge, which I absolutely love. Of course, it used to just kind of be the clear path rule where if the defender was in front of the offensive player, it would not be you know two shots in the ball, or whatever. But I thought it was stupid because we saw the intentional fouls all the time. And I'm under you know, the camp that says, a uh, foul, a penalty should never, ever benefit the defense. And in those cases it does. Plus, also as a fan, you see a guy on a fast break, let's say it's LeBron, and you, you think you're about to see a monster jam. and Now he's getting fouled, he's getting wrapped up. That's no fun as a fan, man. I want to see these guys out there in the open floor. I want to see what they can do, you know. So they did institute in the offseason. It, it's sort of like a judgment call where if a guy does stop someone on a fast break as a take foul, you now get one free throw in the ball. And we saw that this game. Uh, I think it was well it was kind of a little bit of a fast break and, and then I think Bam gave the ball to Tyler and then Bam was fouled by CJ McCollum I believe and it was in the front court so it wasn't in the back court like most clear paths are and there was like you know a whole bunch of guys there and so it, it, the point is it really didn't look like your typical you know kind of clear path foul and that's cuz it wasn't so it's was nice to see that they're actually using some of this judgment to see that CJ actually intentionally fouled Bam to stop the fast break because of that, the Heat got a free throw in the ball back. So I, I really like to see that. I'm excited to have that rule. I think it'll open up offenses a little more, make the game a little more exciting for, for the fans. And plus, since the Heat get a lot of steals, a lot of breakaway steals, maybe we see some nice jams this year, maybe some Caleb Martin stuff, some BAM posters. So it'll be pretty exciting to see. I just wanted to make note of that rule because we had heard about it. So it's pretty cool to see it in action today. The last topic I want to talk about before we get out of here for today is the two-way guys. Of course, in the last episode, I said how uh, Darius Days would probably lose his spot to Jamal Cain. And of course, it was true. Darius, Days were numbered. No pun intended. Now, who am I kidding? Of course, that pun was intended. But listen, man, his days were numbered. We all knew that he probably was not going to get that final two-way spot, especially uh, since he didn't get a ton of action in the preseason for really, we, we still don't know why. And even before I was able to upload the episode, the news came out that Jamal Kane took his spot. Uh, so I guess I looked pretty smart because I guess I called him before it happened. But really, any anybody watching these Heat games saw that Jamal Kane was getting that final spot. And again, he didn't play this, uh, too much this final game, but he wasn't too bad versus Houston. And he's a guy I really don't expect to get any minutes come regular season, but you never know. Caleb Martin was a two-way guy last year, and he was so good they had to convert him. So we'll kind of see how things go this year. But either way, he seems to be a heat culture guy with all the you know same intangibles and, and measurables with his height, athleticism, wingspan. And also, he's shown the versatility with the jump shot the defense. So I'm excited to have him on this team. Time will tell what his, uh, you know, what his role will be. But again, I'll, I'll kind of discuss that further in the next pod as well. And then we saw Marcus Garrett. We talked a lot last pot about whether Marcus Garrett could lose his spot to maybe Jamar Ibuye. But the name I did not mention was Drew Smith. Now, Drew Smith, the news just came out a few minutes ago. Drew Smith did get signed to the Heat on a two-way contract. And the Miami Heat, they waived Marcus Garrett and Orlando Robinson and Michael Mulder. Now, Marcus Garrett did injure his wrist. I think they said it might be a four-week injury, probably a little longer. And I think, which is a little concerning, I think that's the same injury he had last year, which was the same reason they dropped him of his two-way and then picked up Michael Mulder. So, I don't know if Marcus Garrett was released because uh, he was hurt Or maybe they just like Drew Smith better. Drew Smith hasn't really done too much in the preseason. Houston was really his first game. Hit some threes, had that beautiful skyhook lob to Jamal Kane, who just slammed it down. But clearly, they've kept him around for a reason. Maybe they see something we don't. He really seems to be a high basketball IQ player, someone who can actually run an offense like a real, real point guard. Uh, And that's not something I guess they really have outside of Lowry because I know they're trying to develop Gabe into that. But obviously, Tyler isn't that true point guard. Vic is not that true guard, you know, facilitator guard. So maybe they're hoping to turn Drew Smith into that. Or maybe uh, they're just holding on to him until Marcus Garrett's healthy, and then they'll bring Garrett right back. So I just thought that was kind of interesting to see them sign Drew Smith. Smith. But I do like Marcus Garrett a lot. Obviously, everyone loves his defense. And, I mean, he's just potential. That's what these two-way guys are, right? Because if he could ever develop some sort of offensive game, he will be a complete monster anyways i think that's all i wanted to talk about for today i ended up did keeping the episode pretty short which is good uh it's a lot of times i'm probably gonna be saying that but i'm gonna end up not keeping it too short but we're going on here 22 minutes the plan is for this to be up thursday and then i'd like to have another pod up uh monday morning kind of giving my predictions going into the season which starts wednesday against the chicago bulls it's gonna be a fun one man this team I i needed this game today I needed them to make me feel good going into the regular season because, man, when those starters were out there, they looked so good. The bench, Victor Oladipo was a little iffy, but uh, I think he's better than what he's shown so far. So we'll leave it at that. I'm going to play the outro and get out of here, and I'll see y'all on Monday. Let's get it.